Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It's that time again to pivot and turn our attention to a new series. Uh, We want to jump into something that we have not given particular attention to, uh, and maybe I should clarify, we may have touched on this over the years. In fact, I'm almost certain we have in our eight, well, nine, almost ten years of doing this. Uh, But we want to talk about culture, and more particularly, we want to talk about being in and not of the culture or the world, uh, however you want to phrase it. Uh, interestingly enough, you and I were talking about this before we came on. There is nowhere in Scripture where it uses the fr- this phrase. Not be even in close. the world, but not of the world. Right. Be I in was the world. Not I went looking, world. but I couldn't. It wasn't there. Now we do believe the concept is there. Oh yeah. So it is not an unbiblical phrase. So don't feel like you've created unreconcilable heresy um, or, or taught unreconcilable heresy. Right. This is a biblical truth. It's just, it's interesting how we have these phrases and we think, oh, it's scripture and yeah, not that came really. right out of the Bible. Yeah, not really, you know. <laughs> and uh, we, I'm sure we could find many others to go on and on about. But today, we want to jump into culture. We're not quite sure how long this series is going to be. We know we're fastly approaching Thanksgiving, which will move us into the holiday season where we do our, our specials. Um but culture – The last time we thought that we went almost six months on something. Huh? Yeah, well, we're not going to do that this time. <laughs> um, so, but we do want to talk about culture. And, we, and what we think – just kind of giving vision for where we're going with this. The, the week one and two of this is – or part one and part two is literally going to be talking about this issue in, not of the world. Right. And so – and then what we might want to do is break down some of the things that are very – culturally centered, and I mean worldly centered. It could be anything from entertainment to, hey, we can even go into woke-ism, critical race, um, number of things in the world we can talk about, big topic issues that I think it touches on this issue of culture. Um, But today we want to talk about this concept, and next week we'll finish out in, not of. Now, three things we want to cover. We're only going to cover one of them this week. And the first one is what separates us from the world. So it's just talking about this issue of separation. Why are we different? Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about the particulars of that. And then next week, we'll cover what fascinates us with the world. Now, that one's going to be good. <laughs> I just know. I just know it's going to be good. And then what inoculates us from the world, which I think is a good word to use for that. So without any further ado, what separates us from the world? What makes us Different. Before we dive into that, I want to. There, you know, you made the point that the phrase "be in the world but not of the world" is not anywhere particularly in Scripture. But there are a couple of places where this whole concept, this idea, comes out. One is in First Corinthians five, verses nine and ten. And if you are somewhat familiar with New Testament backgrounds, you know that Paul wrote at least three letters to the Corinthians. We have two of them as inspired. There was at least a third. Uh, we don't know about others. And in this letter, First Corinthians, he said, I wrote to you in an epistle or a letter not to accompany with, not to intimately intermingle with um, fornicators. So there's the not of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but then he goes on to explain. He said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. And when we're using world, most of the time here we're using the uh, the Greek word cosmos, which from which we get our 
derive our word cosmos. It has to do with order, right? And and even we get our word cosmetic from it. So order and beauty and. But anyway, he says, uh, not fornicators of this world, or, or or else you would have to remove yourself from the world. Right. Interesting. So you're in the world. You don't remove yourself from the world. And technically, even if you did, quote, remove yourself from the world from a cultural standpoint, you're still here. You're still here. <laughs> Jesus prayed. Even if you're a hermit, you're still here. When Jesus' prayer for the great high priestly prayer, he prayed, I don't pray that you would remove them from the world. But that mm. you keep them from the evil. So one. there's the end, right? Okay. Yeah, so we've go. got we've got the scriptural yeah. backing for this. Yeah, okay. and then uh, when the passage we'll deal more with next time in First uh, John chapter two verses fifteen to seventeen, very familiar to most of us, and love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in, in and of there. Mm-hmm. For all that is in the, the world. The tension. In the world. Lust of the flesh. Lust, it's and not of the this, Father. Yeah, I'll draw this out. We talk about tension a lot on mm-hmm. our podcast because you have to live in tension. Yeah. People don't like it. They want to get rid of it. But this is a tension. You're in, not of. Yeah. So how do you do this? So having said all that, to bring that uh, with that in mind, uh, uh, our first point in this whole discussion is what separates us from the world. Now, in different sectors of evangelical and fundamental fundamentalist uh, Christianity, that word separation has had at times really strong meaning. I've experienced that. It's yeah. even yeah, it's even created some tension in some ways unnecessarily, in some ways necessary. And and in some ways even in the truest sense of the word very legalistic. Could be. Yeah, yeah can yeah. be. Well so but there is a sense in which a very important biblical sense in which we are separate from the world. We are not of the world. When we use the word of, we're thinking of origin. We're, we're, where's our attachment? Um, I mean, you are of me because you're my mm, son. Right. You, you know, you came from me, and that's how I was of, born by the means for which God created this world. Yes. You know, so I mean, physically, fleshly, I am, and I don't mean fleshly like sinly, sinfulness. I mean fleshly like as my actual yeah, flesh and yes. my bones. Yes. And if we looked back just briefly at that First John two fifteen and seventeen passage, for all that is in the world is not of the Father. This this idea of where it has its origins and attachment, its project, it comes from, and so we we. We want to know what is it that separates us from the world, that makes us in the world but not of the world. And there's some terminology used in the New Testament that we want to go through about six of those. There are others. This is not a complete right. list. But what these do for us, if we keep them in mind, is help us to see what it means to be separate from the world, not of the world. First one is pilgrims. Actually, I think that's out of order based on what Peter said. But in First Peter chapter two, uh, verse eleven, he speaks to the folks he's writing to, dearly beloved. I implore you, as strangers and pilgrims, uh, abstain from fleshly lust. Ah, he's even using the concept of being a pilgrim to implore them to not be of the world. But what does pilgrim imply? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast recently, and uh, a man was being interviewed who wrote a book about the Pilgrim Fathers of the United States, and he, the title of the book was They Knew They Were Pilgrims. 
And mm. uh, and they did. They knew that they were pilgrims in an earthly sense because they traveled from one place to another on a journey to a certain place. And they weren't even sure how that journey would end. They knew they were going. But, but they knew that in an eternal sense because they were Christian. They knew they were pilgrims in this world. Well, you know, it's probably gone now, but used to be in Christian or in um, American culture, pilgrims. We thought of the idea of the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower. That like that's mm-hmm. what yeah. came to mind, which is not completely wrong because that's they really were travelers right. coming to a different land. So that concept is there. Yeah, yeah, and it's analogous to us as Christians because when Peter says we're pilgrims. Uh, we're passing through, you know, the old gospel song, this world's not my home, I'm just passing through. If heaven's not my home, Lord, what will I do? That idea is a very good idea for us as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as members of the body of Christ, to think in terms of we're pilgrims. We're, we're uh, the, and the second one goes with it. Well, go ahead. You have something. Well, I, was just I see say, it on you, your face. Yeah, you may. <laughs> you, you had a question beforehand. I thought it was a good question. What about my stuff? If I'm a pilgrim, what about my stuff? Because I got all this stuff. I don't know about you. I got all this stuff. Pilgrims travel light. Yeah. You know, I mean, when the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower, if we want to go back to that, and we didn't plan to use this analogy, but there were 102 of them on uh, a boat, the Mayflower, and they only had so much room. Those boats were, what, 15, 20 feet long? Right. Yeah, they weren't big boats. Well, they, yeah, going up uh, in an ocean where they couldn't see. I mean, I just I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. But they had to travel light. And um, uh, there were times when they had to throw stuff off. Um, now, to put that in our terms, we travel light in the sense that our attachments to what we have here, it is stuff. And I don't think it's bad to say that maybe we should detach ourselves as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you I don't care what kind of house you live in, whether you own it or rent it, you apartment, trailer, yeah. or if it's a 10,000-square-foot mansion, whatever you have – it's temporary. It's a, if you're a Christian, that's your temp, that's your tent. Right. Uh, so okay. our stuff is just that. Okay. So pilgrims. The next one I know you're going to go to is strangers. Right. And um, think of moving to another country. Maybe that's where we're talking about. So yeah, not only you're a pilgrim to that country, you're traveling to that country, but now you're in a country where you don't even know the language or what it is. Yeah, it's uh, you're not comfortable there. Planting yourself in a culture. That is foreign. Mm. That is totally different. Uh, I used the illustration when you and I were talking, saying someone from America, U.S., going to Nigeria. But, I mean, you could do the same thing as someone in Nigeria coming to America or someone in who, who's never known anything but Tibet right. planting themselves in good old Midwest, Evansville, Indiana, where we live. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. that would be – they would be strange jurors, and it would be strange for them. They're mm-hmm. foreigners. Right. Now, now, that's become a pejorative term. It, it, it didn't have to be, but that's right. become a politically well, it's incorrect term. It's become a term. negative term. But politically foreign just means term. you're not from here. Right. Yeah. I mean, and Just as much as if I went somewhere else and I'm a foreigner. So let's put that on those of us who know the Lord. We say we're Christians. We say we're following Christ. We say that. If that is so, we're strangers, and, foreigners. And, and I know we got to move on, but it is fascinating. I traveled to Russia several times uh, in my younger days. People are like, you're still young. Eh, we're getting there. Um, but in my younger days, I traveled to Russia quite a bit. And some other places. And the, yeah, and some other places. And several, uh, and I could say, actually, Ecuador, several places I went to multiple times, mm-hmm. Mexico. The first time I went, kind of felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Second, third time. Got a little time, better. fifth time, 
It's yeah. kind of like home. I, but, I'm used to this. I can yeah. get around. I know the people. Right. Yeah, I don't speak the language great, but I'm pretty comfortable here. Yeah. But but you take the person who comes here, and they they want to plant their life here. They're still a quote foreigner, a stranger. Yep. But now uh, there's a process in our country. They get a green card. They can work. Right. They can travel. Whatever. But the point is, there was a time in our country when we all looked just about alike. And and there are some negative things that came out of that time. People from Asia and other places right. came in and there was mistreatment and and bigotry and those kinds of things. But my point simply is there was a time when if somebody was a stranger to this you culture, you recognized them. Right. That's not as much true today because we are, are a multicultural country and society. Well, it but, really came down to, and we don't have to get into this, but it really came down to a more Caucasian slash African-American type mm-hmm. yeah, contrast. European. Yeah. European and, that, and more Africans versus European contrast. Right. That's changed now over the years. That's changed a great deal. Yeah. My point is, though, that there's a there's an obviousness, and sometimes more obvious than others, when someone's a stranger somewhere, they're a foreigner. And we are strangers. We are Foreigners. Okay, so pilgrim strangers, moving into our next point here, because uh, I know our time is shortening here. Um, sons and or children. Yeah, that terminology. How, how, how is that separating us, though? Well, I mean, I mean, you're my son. Mike right. is my son. I I deal I dealt with you when you were my children. I mean, you're still my son, but you're not a, an at-home child anymore. But I dealt with you differently than I did other people's children. Yeah. You know? And you were a part of my family. You were my descendants. We we are children of God. We're not children of the world. We're not sons of the devil or the darkness. It's interesting you mentioned that because one time we kept some friends of ours, kids for them when they were out of town. And I remember particularly one of the boys, he was acting up. He's you know, being a boy, uh-huh. doing yeah. things. And I, I had to get on to him because he's in my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was upset and he made the comment. He's like, uh, he goes, I don't I don't like you. And I'm like, well, hmm. what you don't understand is this is not a popularity contest. I'm not, I'm not here to be liked. Yeah, I'm not trying my to win My job is to make sure that you're intact when your parents come back. <laughs> yeah. And that you don't influence my son in ways right, that aren't right. going to be good when you leave. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I'm, I'm, you're right. That whole my son versus not your son, it's it's very true. Well, we relate to God as Father, as our Father, differently than other people relate to Him. But on the other hand, God relates to us differently as His sons and as His children, as His daughters, as His adopted ones, right. differently than He does to other people. Well, and our Father's in heaven. And our ultimate, you said this, yeah. our ultimate family relationship is in the Godhead. Yes. Theologically speaking, that is what we are and who we come from. It's our ultimate family yeah. and father figure, yeah. Okay, so sons and or children, both those terms are used. Um, citizens. It's interesting. Charles Coson wrote a book several years ago called Kingdoms in Conflict. Really good read, actually. And it deals with this tension that was dealt with by Augustine and his um, – um, in his writings as well, this tension between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God, and we're citizens of another kingdom. That doesn't mean we don't have a temporary citizenship here in this country, and the responsibilities go with it. But our political attachments and responsibilities are 
primarily somewhere else. They And they supersede any attachments and responsibilities we have here. We are citizens of the kingdom. Our, as Paul tells the Philippian Christians, our citizenship is in heaven from right. which we look for the Savior. So we're even – our citizenship is such that our hopes and our looking for – uh, fulfillment and expectation for our ultimate needs to be met are not even an eternal joy and peace or towards something else. It's not here. We're not going to be satisfied with this. We're ultimately, I don't care how many government programs there are, they're never going right. to meet all of our needs and our ultimate needs. And we're so, foolish as citizens of a country to look to that country to do that. Yep. Not that we don't pursue goodness. But we are foolish to think that we could somehow create a better world. I, I really think that. People, people probably would take issue with me on that. And I think we should seek to live in harmony and peace with all men, especially the household of faith, as Scripture yeah. says. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we are foolish to think that we will create a better world that will last forever. Jesus dealt with this tension when his disciples asked him uh, – no, it wasn't his disciples. It was those who were trying to trap him and say, um, should you pay – Taxes to Caesar. Well, that was a that's a big deal. That could have created yeah, a lot a very of good person, tension. So that didn't it doesn't help anything. And and he said, "What did you got a coin? Whose uh, inscription or superscription is that on there? What well, Caesar's? Well, give the Caesar's what Caesar, and give the gods what's God's." Mm. He he recognized there's temporal responsibility. Yeah, do what it's you a very need real to thing. Do. But hey, make sure you give God what's God's, and our ultimate responsibility is to Him. So we're that's citizens. a mic drop moment, basically. It, it was. It was. <laughs> it, yeah. it was a quite an answer, actually. right? Yeah. Okay, so citizens. Um, what about lights? It refers to us as being a light. Yeah, it's interesting in the context of Philippians chapter two. Where uh, where um, Paul tells the Philippians to do all things without murmuring and complaining, which evidently was a problem there. There was some something going on. It's a problem everywhere, right? What church doesn't have murmurers, complainers? What family doesn't have a murmurer and complainer? Uh, what person may, has not done that? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Which one of us has not murmured and complained? That you may be uh, above reproach, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you shine. Now you get the. Here's the in and of. We're, we're obviously not of. Mm-hmm. Your, your lights. You shine as lights in the world. Mm. There's that contrast with the world again. The world's dark. They're darkened by. They're blinded by the devil. They're dark spiritually. Darkness. They don't have light. Here we are. Which makes us separate, distinct. The light pierces the darkness, the light of Christ in us, the light of our testimony, which leads us to our next point. But the light, we are to be different, separate. Well, and this darkness pervades the cosmos, as you said, before we came on. And we explode into the world with light mm-hmm. as believers. Mm-hmm. We should be doing that. Light can be welcome, but it can also be painful. If you haven't if you've been living in darkness and your eyes are assaulted with light, it can hurt. It can be very uncomfortable. Um, sometimes a flashlight, and now the flashlights are so bright and sh- shown right in the eyes can you can say, Wait, put that out, don't do that. You know, William likes to take my flashlights yeah. and shine them in our face. I says, Son, don't yeah. do that. And our light, the light we are, can be uncomfortable for a dark world. Well, we shouldn't be surprised if they don't receive it. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. At all. We should or, be in fact, we're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, and I think this kind of comes out of the issue of being a light, 
we are witnesses. Yeah, That's really who we kind are. of that comes out of all these other five. Um, we're witnesses. Um, <clears throat> the most obvious place, and, and Jesus mentioned this before he was crucified, but just before he ascended out of their sight into heaven, you shall be witnesses to me, for me, beginning in Judea and then into Samaria, all places that they would not have naturally gone. And we don't have time to explain the whole thing, but that they were culturally and religiously places they wouldn't go. Samaria and Judea and Samaria, to the othermost parts all over the earth. I mean, that, that would have been foreign to them. Here we are as strangers and foreigners, as pilgrims, going somewhere else. Our, our whole point, life pointed toward another world, another kingdom. Uh, this is temporary. We're just passing through. But as we're passing through, we are to be witnesses for Christ. We are to, both by our lives and by our words, make Christ known. And to a world that doesn't want to admit, first of all, that it's in need of a Savior. Second of all, that the Savior is going to transform their lives and may take their stuff and their pleasure and their, you know, who knows what the cost will be to follow Jesus when Jesus says, you got to take up your cross and follow me and forsake all and follow me and turn your, you're not worthy of putting your hand to the plow and looking back. If you do, you're not worthy of me. He gives all these stipulations and these, and we witness for this? Are we surprised when people say, mm, maybe not, you know? Is that does that separate us from the world? I right. think so. You know. Now, so when we come back, just to finish up here, to oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I not do this? Should I not do that? Is that's secondary? Mm. Okay, I'm not, that's a question. Those are good questions. We should ask that, questions. Yeah. We should individually, maybe even corporately, sometimes discuss and come to. <laughs> but these issues, right? Here, these six and others. We're kingdom of priests. You know, we didn't right. get to that. When you look at these, these are the things that drive the answers to those questions. This is what separates us from the world. It defines it. It does. Yeah. They define us. They're it's, the definers. It's been good. And, and, and next week we're going to cover the other two points, which is what fascinates us with the world and what inoculates us from the world. But I think it's been good to be able to define at the core what separates us from the world. Why are we in it but we're not of it? And it helps define that. So it's been good. We hope you join us next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm -hmm.